Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cultivating Success Podcast. Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson are brothers and business partners of the top landscaping company, Nature's Experts. Nature's Experts is home to six companies that cater to all your outdoor needs. To learn more about Jeff and Jonathan, simply visit us at www.naturesexperts.com. On the podcast, Jeff and Jonathan bring together other business owners and entrepreneurs to share with you how they developed a prosperous company and how you can too. You will gain insights and meaningful advice on creating the building blocks to success and longevity in the entrepreneurial realm. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson. Welcome to the Cultivating Success Podcast. I'm Jonathan Wolfson. And I'm Jeff Sofer. Welcome, everybody. And today we'd like to talk about partnerships. Partnerships is something that really is very close to Jeff and I because we're partners. That's right. We want to talk about our relationship specifically and how it kind of relates to our partnership. Because, you know, a lot of times you hear from people that partnerships when you're family is the absolute worst idea ever. (laughs) And how do you do that? So I think today what we want to do is get into is that, you know, me and Jeff feel that we love each other. We're brothers. We're lucky to have each other. But as far as us being in business, the least of the reason why we're successful is that we're brothers. That's right. I said this to John a very long time ago, and uh, I think it has kind of resonated with you because most people thank God, you know, the most important part of the relationship I've got is that, you know, this is my brother. This is my relative. You know, that's where the relationship sort of starts. And with us, I think that um, I'm going to speak for myself. You speak for you, John. Really, the first part of the relationship, obviously, is that you identify that we are brothers, but we have a trust. And trust to me is something that I think that I myself have taken for granted in life. And I think other people do too. But with this relationship, um, I never have. Uh, trust is something that I think we built upon it, you know, right from the beginning, there was an instant trust. And I think that like, it was so important to us to trust each other and build that trust with each other that we just naturally, when we became business partners, I think there was just no way that we would ever want to tarnish the trust that we control from one another, because then how do you continue to build and have more responsibilities and have more that you're uh, in charge of, and you have to answer to one another. And gosh, to ever be in the position of where I had to explain myself because I tarnished or broke the trust with you, I just, I would never put myself in that position. Well, trust is something that really is earned. You know, you don't just like wake up one morning and think to yourself, wow, I really trust this person. We should be in business together. So I think what we should do is we can actually kind of Describe to everybody, you know, this is what happened with Jeff and I when we first met, actually. You know, we weren't partners from the very first second that we met. So I think that it might be kind of interesting to explain, you know, when we first met, what was my roles and responsibilities and how did we actually form our partnership and why was it a good idea? Okay. So I kind of agree with you, kind of don't, in the sense that 
Uh, I do think you get like a sense of someone, you know, right when you meet them, whether they're, you're related to them or not, whether it's just someone that you feel is like, it's not that it goes through your brain where you're like, is this person trustworthy? <laughs> I just think that you, you do sort of get a sense of someone. So that's why I was saying like, at the beginning, it just was important to me to just you know, make sure that I was like extremely like above board and upfront. I mean, I am with most people anyway, but it just like, there was like a, a certain something that I, I remember, you know, uh, always wanting to be very conscious of like making sure that I, of course, say what I mean, mean what I say. Well, as they say, opportunity <clears throat> sometimes knocks very softly. Oh, who says that? You do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you have to listen very carefully since it's so soft sometimes. So I think that, you know, you do have to go with your gut, of course. You have to kind of, you know, gravitate towards the people that you feel strongly yeah. towards that you feel like you really could have a future with, but you can't just jump into a partnership that you don't really know what the person has to bring to the table. You know, to have a successful partnership, you know, you need to both bring something to the table. If you both don't bring something to the table, how is it a partnership? Partners are supposed to help each other. It's true. Um, I think that you do bring things to the table, but I still think that people need to, and maybe, you know, you don't realize this either. I don't know. You know, you tell me there is something, whether you're a partner with someone in any sort of way, or you have relationships with people and anyone that you meet, trust is something that is just, I think, really underrated. I mean, everyone talks about it. Oh, you got to trust this person. Oh, you got to trust the situation. Oh, you got to trust the process. You got to trust, trust, trust all over the place. They're throwing around the word like it's you know nothing. Meanwhile, it's literally like the most important thing between human beings. And I think, uh, you know, I'm 53 years old now. And when we met each other, it was 15 years ago. So I was 38. And Jonathan and I are half brothers. We have the same father. My biological father um, married my mother. He was her high school sweetheart, made me and Jonathan and I have a sister named Julie. And then he left my mom and went and married another lady. And he had two other babies, uh, Justin, who is uh, my other brother. And then, of course, Jonathan, who's right next to me. And we met 15 years ago. Uh, our biological father is a bad guy and none of us speak to him. And uh, I sort of always, you know, thought about John and Justin and wanted to meet them one day. And then one day through Facebook, you know, we reached out and uh, here we are today. <laughs> so, you know, going back to your gut, we had, we have to say that, you know, you have to go with your instincts. You know, you feel certain things when you're around certain people. That's why people gravitate towards different types of people, activities, and you have to go towards what feels right to you. So for me, you know, I met Jeff 15 years ago. I was living in Columbia, Missouri. Jeff was living in South Florida. I met him for the first time. I had a good intuition that, wow, this is somebody who's an amazing leader, an amazing father, and really someone to look up to. And I've never really had somebody like that. And, you know, it made me think, he's like, you know, well, why don't you come down here? Why don't you experience what it's like? You've never really worked in a real business environment. And at that time, I didn't even realize... Um, you know, what all the different types of businesses are out there that you actually can do. So at the time back then, Jeff had seven flower shops, did interior plant maintenance, holiday decorating and lighting, and he subbed out exterior landscaping services. And tree trimming. And tree trimming. And it made me think that, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I never even realized someone could be successful from a flower shop. <laughs> 
Like, I don't understand. And then I walked into the flower shop, you know, 15 years ago and, you know, the walls are like yellow and green and blue and all these other different <laughs> pastel colors. And it hasn't been updated since. Uh, hey, they were primary colors. <laughs> they were not pastels. <laughs> it hasn't been updated for, you know, some time. And I just, you know, didn't really, you know, things didn't compute into my brain as far as how to you make money and how things look don't actually correlate to each other. And the type of service you think that makes money and one that does also doesn't correlate to each other. So when I started to come down here and I just came for the summer just to kind of experience, you know, Jeff's business, what it's like, get some life experience and, uh, you know, get to know my brother and this part of my family down here. I started by just cutting flowers and unpacking boxes and just helping out. And to me, I thought that I'm like, this is great. This is, you know, I'm learning a whole new different, um, you know, craft or whatever. I'm learning all these different types of flowers. I remember learning every single type of flower. And uh, after a short period of time, Jeff just noticed that he's like, you know, he wanted to bring me on to kind of see what else, you know, business that was actually transacting in the actual company. So he'd actually would, I'd be in the back cutting flowers and he'd be like, John, come here. So we'd have a meeting with, uh, with any one of the management or any one of the employees or while they're doing proposals. And he'd have me sit in on them. So I really could learn more about, you know, the business and I could learn more about like what actually goes on in this business specifically and how you come up with your product costs versus what you sell to your customer. And then I would see Jeff exactly how he actually sells it to the customer. Right. These were all like new things to me. This is literally the little amount of experience that I had at the time when I was 21, 22 years old. Yeah. So let's go back. You were saying that, you know, a partnership is, you know, everyone brings different things to different people to the table, or, or did you say trust is where people you know, bring different services or what they can provide to the part, table? What did part, you say? Cause part, I want to say part, something about that. Partnerships really should always have some sort of alternating different core competencies that can help support each other. So I 100% agree. I think that, you know, you, the reason I think that there's an immediate something with some people is because to take risks and to decide to, um, you know, take a chance on somebody on, on an idea or a concept of something you need to get, you need to have a sense of that person. And if you trust them, and I'm telling you that when we met originally and John and I talked I'm going to say 10 times a day on the phone. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Do you? Uh, I think it'd be easier to quantify. I think the time. <laughs> You're probably on the phone for a couple hours a day, every single day after the day I met you. It was crazy. Literally the day it started just like that. It was just, I'm telling you, it, uh, it was unbelievable. And because I had such a sense of you and you had such a sense of me, for me, I can speak about that I decided that I wanted to like go all in with you. And I, I wanted to like do anything I could to help you, assist you, you know, be there for you and, and have you as part of my life. Cause I wanted you to be part of my life and to be here. I just knew it. I just felt it. And I had a hunch. I've told you this too, for so long, I had a hunch that, um, you know, there was so much more to you than obviously at, at the young age of 21, when I met you, that there was just so much there that was like untapped and like ready to go and like take on life, let's say specifically with 
business and a career that I wanted to help you explore it and sort of like help you navigate like what to do and then show you what I did. And I think that that was like the thing where you, you know, you just innately have a trust for someone that they're like, you want to do that with that person. And that possibly there could be a situation where you both could make money together, even though I had been making money at a successful business, had created a whole you know life for myself as an adult with family and the whole thing. Um, I just had some sort of a hunch down in my gut that like there was something with this particular individual who happened to be my brother. So it's that's why I have said that the least of it is that we're brothers, which is so important and so amazing because I love being related to you. <laughs> but it's the least of it. It's that trust factor and that knowing that like I can count on you for anything. And people say that too. And like, take it for granted with people like, oh, I can, I can count on that person for anything, but you really can't, or you really don't know for a fact that you can. I literally know for a fact that I can't, you and I have been in the highest highs, lowest lows, all different stuff with our roller coaster situation with business and how business goes and work and all different sorts of things that go on. And we've never, ever, there's never been like a threat or anything to that, like trust. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course, you know, I think it comes from both sides having to have their own idea of what trust looks like, right? So I think that your your idea of trust was really more welcoming and wanting us to become more equals. My yes. idea of trust yeah. was we can be equals, but what you've created this far is yours. And I never want to take anything away from what you've already created. I want to be able to add on to it and as we add on to it, then I'm allowed to make more income. But until I add my own value to us and to our partnership, that's when it actually comes in place. So the first, uh, when I first moved down here, it was... You made that very clear from the beginning also. Very. Yeah. Well, I, I'm somebody who I want to be able to stand on my own. I want to be able to yeah. support, deliver, provide value. And you know, I've never really had very much. So I always felt weird when I, you know, got money from people uh, if I wasn't working. It just doesn't like feel right. I feel like I'm doing something that's wrong. Like in my body, it literally feels like I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing <laughs> by, by like receiving gifts or whatever. Yeah. So it's not a good thing that I have, but it's something that, you know, when you're given an opportunity, you can't take things too far, at least in my opinion. And you have to first provide value before you can deserve to get anything back in return. Right. And it took, I think it was three years before we bought our first business. Yeah. Um, was it three? Let's see now. I it's think it was been, 2010. Uh, we met in 2013. We bought Sherlock tree company. No, we didn't meet in 2010. We met way earlier than that because then you're only going back 12 years. 2005. So we met in 2005. Let's see. What's 15 years from now? 15 years back from now is 2008. <laughs> 2007 or 2008. I know that we met right before there was that horrible housing bubble. You know what I mean? Where there was like that whole big problem and everything. I remember going through that with you. Like, like you know, you were like learning all about stuff like that at the time. And, you know, and I know for a fact that we bought down. Sherlock Tree Company in October of 2013. That's right. So it was a while, actually. <laughs> it was like, was it five years? It so might've been five years. It, it really might've been. Yeah. So for, for five years, 
I was added, wanting to add value. Jeff was wanting to pay me more money, but I was unwilling to take more money unless I was bringing more to the table. Yeah. So as that time was going on from the first day where I was cutting flowers to five years, I added my responsibilities to increase my income, adding value to the business, not just to Jeff, not just because I was working hard. Working hard and providing value are two different things. Make that very clear because that's a very profound statement. Most people think that I'm just going to work harder. You talk about that for a minute. Well, I think that, you know, at where we're at in our organization now, you know, you don't realize the effect on your decisions and your vision and where you see the company going and the type of people you surround yourself with. These decisions have a humongous effect on the profitability, the productivity, and the direction of your business that I didn't actually realize when we first met that I was actually positively impacting. Like that actually does have a tangible value even when we first met. Like me trying to think of new ideas, new directions, me doing things a little bit differently than they were previously, you getting certain management out of the company because they were just really more toxic people. You know, all these things actually created additional bottom line. They actually created additional opportunity and allowed us to actually get to the point where we bought our first company together in 2013. So I think that that really is something specifically that, you know, I think when you're in the earlier stages of business, you don't recognize just that the new ideas, the new, how you gel together, how you collaborate together, really project the business really farther in the future than you even think. Yeah. I'm taking in what you just said. I think that people need to really, I mean, I've heard you say that before, but I'm trying to pick that apart a little bit so that everybody really understands. Cause I think that's really part of the essence of the value and how you identify that. You know, I am a logical person, but my logic a lot of times pales in comparison to the way that you're logical. Um, what I mean by that, folks, is that John is someone who is, we're going to call him the analyzer. I analyze things. He analyzes them to the 10th degree. Now, obviously, sometimes that's not beneficial, but most of the time, because anything you do too much is, you know, sometimes it's got to be a little, it's like, like the law of balances. Once in a while, it's, you know, it can't be a great thing. It can just be fine. But most of the time, your way of, logic and how extreme, I would call you an extreme logical person. Um, I think you actually use the word black and white. Yes. I think that's the appropriate yes. word that you like to yes. use for me. I'm a little, I'm too black and white. That's right. I think it's really uh, served us really well with the businesses. And I think that, com- you know, the black and white the way that you think has comes natural to you. And it has really been beneficial because I am not a black and white person. I'm more of a gray kind of person. And I I really do think that being so logical and having a black or a white sort of answer and either a yes or a no, and not a maybe or a gray with a lot of things has been part of the keys to our success. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's that sort of like, oh, okay, you made money just from that. It's you make money and you make a company and you make a culture and you make a partnership from being intentional. 
And some of the ways that you are intentional and some of the ways I'm intentional really have complemented one another without us even realizing that they have complemented one another. Well, in a partnership, it's the goal is that you can do more together versus individually. So I think that to pick up on that, it's an important if point. I was to be in business by myself, I think that I would still be very successful. I think you were successful and you would have been successful. Mm-hmm. But I think that your level of success because you weren't quite as analytical would have been plateaued. I think that my business success because I am too analytical sometimes yeah. would have uh, stifled my growth as well yeah. or slowed me down or any one of those things. Yeah. And this is really where it kind of comes in to where there's a push and pull of getting out of your comfort zone, making the right decisions, trusting the other person. And whoa, 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 whoa. stay right there. You just linked it. What we were talking about from the beginning, it's trusting the other person, because if you really don't trust the other person, how does a black and white person and a gray person be open-minded enough? Being gray is literally one way of being. Being black and white is literally a number a one way of being. And I know all of you guys listening are thinking the same thing. You're either identifying yourself like John or like me. You're either gray or you're a black and white person. You see the world that way. And you, the thing is, is that you can be one of those ways. It's not that you need to change that, but you need to be open. You need to be open-minded to that other side. So if I'm gray, you're black and white, vice versa. You need to be open to that and really, really be open to it. Not just hear someone's words, but like really take in what their perspective and their ideas and their directives might be because your way doesn't mean it's right for everything. And that's where the trust begins. If I didn't trust you, if you didn't trust me, I don't think I would have been as open to listening and really taking in everything you had to say. And I can go back to some major things that mark uh, parts of the uh, business things and um things that we've attained. And it was because I listened to you. And if I wasn't open, I wouldn't have listened to you, you know, to the level that I did. Trust in every stage doesn't have to be 50, 50 though. Right. It doesn't have to be, you know, when I first came here, I might've been extremely smart, have a lot, a lot of really good ideas, but I don't know more than what he knows. I might have a lot of really good ideas but you start by listening and speaking and communicating. And then the other party, you know, if I give Jeff an idea and he decides to do something else and then another result happens, he has to be, he has to understand that, well, if I would have done it this way, what would have happened? Or maybe one out of 10 times that John gave me the advice to to turn right instead of to turn left, he actually does it. And he sees that the outcome is, is better than what it was doing the other thing. That's really where trust is built by just kind of slightly opening that door, you know, I think now we're at a point where it's, you know, everything, we are equals, we are fully trust each other. We both definitely have different perspectives on the what thing is going to be right for us. And if the other one is really passionate about it, it's not important who's right. But if that's what the person thinks, we want to help support that, especially if it's not going to have a negative impact on the business. You know, we want to help support each other. And, you know, you don't want it just to be a one-way street where I only listen to Jeff, he only listens to me. It has to be a collaborative where we both can work together and see each other's side on a regular basis to really be able to grow and develop. You also can't be afraid to be wrong. You have to be like vulnerable and put yourself out there and say things and do things and take risks with each other in order to continue to build that trust. Because if I look stupid, I don't, 
I don't want to look stupid, but if I look stupid, ultimately I don't care because it's in front of John. And I, I think that you're the same way because I trust you. <laughs> so it's like, if I completely trust you, I mean, you might feel stupid for a little minute for something I suggest or something I do that may have gone awry. Um, but I think that's important because I think a lot of people are afraid to try things because of how they're going to look. And if you don't trust somebody, you think, who knows what this person's going to think of me or who knows how I'm going to look to this person. And I think that's something that if people weren't so concerned about what people thought of them, they would try a lot more things and there'd be a lot more success out there or people being able to get more of what they want and you know, do what they wanted to do, but everyone's so afraid of what everybody thinks of them. And that's something you and I don't have to deal with. So the last thing I want to get into today is where our trust and partnership actually started, because I think this is probably going to be something that's going to happen to a lot of people in this particular scenario. So when we bought our first company in 2013, we bought it, but I didn't put up any of the money. I didn't have any money at the time. I was young. I um, was starting to save a little bit of money, but I didn't really have a very large income. I had lots of ambition and I had lots of uh, energy to do whatever it takes to make sure that we're both successful. <laughs> Unfortunately, having all those things doesn't actually mean you can buy a business. If you don't have the money or you can't sign on the dotted line, you can't buy something. So you know, our relationship, as far as our partnership started, where we located this business. It was called Sherlock Tree Company. And we met with the owner and we ended up negotiating a deal. And we came up with an amount of money. We purchased the property and we purchased the business. business. But Jeff put up all the money for both of them. I got My name was signed on the dotted line for the property. And I owed Jeff the money for the business. And I said to Jeff, you know, I... Wait a minute. Did you at that time... I think I had to buy the property also without you because I don't think you had enough credit, right? No, I was on the property. Were you on the property? I don't remember. I don't remember that. And the reason I bring that up is because that's the thing for people. They don't realize like, you know, a lot of people don't realize like you have to have credit. And so, you know, maybe you built up the credit because of the car. Yeah. Well, the property is just, you were the primary. I was secondary. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. By being a secondary, you know, you can explain to people that it really helps your credit. So if you're a secondary on a property, you still sort of get the credit. Both say, 50, 50. No, I know that. What I'm saying is I want people to understand that someone who's young, who doesn't come from a situation where they've actually built credit, like how do you actually buy it? How do you do it? Well, I forgot that you're actually a secondary on there, but I was the primary. But if you can be a secondary on a property, you will build credit that way. Let, let people understand no, that. We both signed, we both were 50, 50. Right. Because you actually have credit and you put right. money down that's right. why we're right. able to get it. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. And then you built your own credit. And then obviously since then, it's been like, you know, where you've had your own credit, you've had your, your own name signed to things where you didn't, didn't need me to do that anymore. So uh, back to... <laughs> this is a learning experience. If people are listening. They might not understand. So back to our partnership here. Um, I think it's interesting. See, that's being black and white. That's being black and white. You're like, you want to talk about this one particular thing. And I see Greg, like there's other things. Well, then explain it then. Go ahead. Well, if you're a person who doesn't have credit, and if you're, again, this is with trust, you're uh, involved with someone who does have credit. 
just because they're simply older or because they've been, you know, wise through their life and like manage their credit appropriately. And you can get loans and mortgages and you can get money whenever you need it, however you need it. Um, John didn't really have credit at that time, not because of anything he did, but you know, you're just young and you, you haven't built that like with the bank, you haven't built that time and that payment schedule yet. So I just thought it was like uh, really great at the time. I remember because I did trust him and I remember like it being like, of course, like you'll just sign on it also. Cause that's what we wanted. We wanted to, I wanted to eventually to be like, he was always equal in my mind, like as a person and um, as someone who was equal to me, but there's ways in life where you don't necessarily feel equal. And one of them is credit and, you know, not having the credit, not having the being in business or having money. And, uh, I think that that was one of the ways, especially to a, to a businessman, I think that it really, uh, helped you sort of not just gain credit, but mostly I think it helped you also realize that like, wow, like this isn't just a level of trust. Like at one point, this is like a level of trust. Like someone's willing to put their name on something with you and have you put their name, you put your name on there too, to build your credit, which is like a lifeline to life if you're going to do business. And then John, and then part of our deal, which we really didn't even talk about at the time was just that, you know, I had put up that money, but I was running the other business and John and I consulted on Sherlock and we worked together a lot. I was there quite a bit talking to him and doing things with him, but really you were the one who really ran Sherlock and really were, you were sort of thrown into it. And there were times where, you know, you couldn't understand why I wasn't around as much and why I was sort of just leaving you be sort of with it, like figuring it out. And I remember that caused a little bit of like you to be like, what is going on here? Like, why are you not? And I remember I sort of made like the conscious decision that like I had to, because it was also a moment where the trust was like, okay, so we're at a certain point and I've got to be able to trust to know that he's going to be like strong enough mentally, physically, of course, but strong enough mentally to like figure this out. If he doesn't know what to do, because he knew nothing and neither did I about the tree business. I only subbed it out. I knew like very little and you did it. And that's like another building block of the trust, I think. So it definitely is. So the trust really started when we purchased the business is that Jeff had to put up all the money. I still had a salary and I still had responsibilities at our other business, Jim Threckle. Yeah. And Jeff had to trust that I was going to be able to facilitate those responsibilities because I was getting paid for them. But then when we bought our new business, that that business needed to succeed. Yeah. So it was an extra added amount of pressure on it. And yeah. I told Jeff from the beginning that, you know, He's like, you know, you definitely, you know, we need to start taking money out of the business. And when we do or whatever, you can just pay me back later. And I said, no, there's, I'm not paying you back later. Whenever the business uh, makes enough money and I'm able to take the money, whatever money first comes out of that business is going directly to you. That's right. I don't want to make a That's dollar right. from that business until you're paid back. You did do that. And I think that, you know, most people want to kind of find the line where like, oh, well, if the other person says it's okay, then I'll just extend it out longer or whatever. And that really isn't a way to really trust somebody. You know, when someone really risks on you to sign on the dotted line on a property that you're not able to put money down, put up money for a business that you're not able to put money down on, where are you adding value? It's great that you're adding work value and the know-how value, but you actually have to really be able to back that up. And backing that up is really putting yourself second as far as the money goes and making sure that the other person is made whole as quickly as possible. But you have to understand everyone who's listening 
John is not a normal person. This is not normal. Most people do exactly what he said people do. They would be like, okay. And then they just start, you know, they'll take money that a person who put up the money takes money because they're like, no, I'm putting in all the work. So I deserve to be paid from this business too. John did not do that. So my question is, where did you learn that? That was innately in you. Because I don't know, no one taught you that. That was innately in you. And it's not normal to have completely insisted to me because I know because I was there and I remember getting that money and saying, no, John, like I would like argue with you. And you're like, absolutely not. How did you know innately that that had to be done and that you didn't feel fine just, you know, taking some of the money yourself at the beginning also? For me, it probably started with, I'm just really a very independent person. I had to work when I was really, really young and had to start paying for my own things when I was probably younger than I should have had to. And I think from that point, I was just a very independent person and I never really got lots of help and support. So the second that I did, you know, at that particular moment when we had that business, I felt like you were giving more than I was giving. Mm -hmm. So since you were giving more than I was giving, Mm -hmm. I felt almost lesser than that I really didn't deserve. I remember these conversations. What I was receiving. So the only way to kind of be on the same level is that I need to pay you back. So I'm not way down, feeling down here. I want to feel like we're back to being partners again. So the only way to actually get back to being partners is to figure out as quickly as possible to pay you back that money. So both of our risk is the same in the same particular deal. It's just, I say you're not normal because you're not in several different ways. I mean them all good, of course, but the character of someone to do that at such a young age, this is not something that someone beat into your head because I know situation of how you were brought up. I know the whole situation of everything. And I just could never get over that. I'm telling you to this day, I'm still like stupefied by it. I cannot believe that at that age, at like 22, 23 years old, you were insisting, sure of it. There was no wishy-washy, nothing. You were like, this is what I insist. This is what's going to happen. I will not take any of the money. And I just remember thinking, the character that you had, and you still do, by the way, just in a more evolved manner, um, just like radiated from you. I just could not believe it. And I think that, you know, there's different building blocks and different like steps you get to and different like levels with trust. And I just don't know how I could trust anybody anymore. I mean, and and that's just hearing one element of something that we, you know, uh, did together to build some trust but there's been so many more. This is just something that I'm really amazed by because it was such a young age. And to think of someone at that age, knowing that that's what has to be done and how you explained it to people saying that you felt less than because you were just working there and someone else put the money up, I think is amazing for people to hear. So I appreciate everyone listening to the Cultivating Success podcast today. We'll definitely pick it up again next week. We look forward to uh, hearing your guys' comments, feedback from the show. And uh, everyone, thank you again. Bye, everybody. This has been the Cultivating Success podcast with Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson. To learn more about Jeff and Jonathan and their businesses, visit www.naturesexperts.com.